You are listening to Modern Retrospect, retro hits and modern bits. I'm Yovan. And I'm Joseph. This time we'll be talking about a cult classic that we plucked out of the darkness. To take a stab at it, we'll be diving into its origins, its history, its reception, and our overall thoughts and experiences at playing the game. If you like what you have been listening to so far, subscribe, rate us, or leave a message if you are feeling extra generous. Let's dive right in. So first off, this game is actually based on a comic book series known as The Darkness that was published by Top Cow Productions, an imprint of Image Comics, with the concept created by Mark Silvestri, Gareth Ennis, and David Wool in 1996, with its star Jackie Estacado, who actually appeared first in a uh, series known as Witchblade by similar people who created it in issue 10. So the series stars Jackie Estacado, who is a former orphan, taken in by Frankie Franchetti, and becomes a hitman for the Franchetti fa- uh, family f- <laughs> Franchetti family mob. That's a tongue twister there every now and then. Jackie is known as a, a rigid but suave anti-hero who keeps a set of codes despite being kind of brutal in his work. So when he comes into possession of his powers on his 21st birthday, that are simply known as the Darkness, a cosmic entity that is meant to be the embodiment of the vast emptiness of the universe that supposedly existed before any written history and had to contend with the uh, unfortunate formation of the universe, God's light, and his creation. So over time, it starts to take hosts throughout the centuries and eventually passes on through the bloodline uh, through conception of whatever hosts he's taken. So it's uh, it's, uh, quite a I say quite a building block for what they wanted to use for a game, and quite a lot of the more ethereal uh, aspects of it don't really show its light that much into uh, this game. So, uh, did you ever know anything about the comics before uh, you actually played this game? I didn't know anything about the comics, not not the darkness anyways, but I did know Image Comics very well uh, since I was into comics in the 90s. Uh, the comic store that I always went to get my X-Men and Spider-Man and so on and so forth. The, um, Image Comics were always next to Marvel. So I remember watching, you know, like Witch Blade, which was very kind of, you know, intoxicating for a, a young kid or a, a teenager because, you know, they always drew them so kind of, you know, sexy and the art was gorgeous. It was very modern looking. And the darkness just kind of fits that image style from that era. But this comic in particular, no, I, I I never heard of it before playing this game. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I've actually heard a lot about... Uh, I used to hear a lot about Witchblade. And there were a couple other comics that I was shown a while ago. And I knew that much later the darkness was based on a comic book series. I just didn't know when I actually went into it a bit more, found out that it was a lot more... Uh, uh, cosmic oriented because the the game you play doesn't really get into a lot of that and I think it's it's quite interesting because that that kind of concept it's a really cool concept is similar to what intrigues me kind of like how Darksiders is also a game series based on a graphic novel series with a lot of that uh, 
very flamboyant, uh, very macho but sexy art style that uh, a lot of older comics were known for. So it's kind of interesting that a lot of games uh, have share that similarity in these types of ways. So uh, yeah. you you actually said uh, something that this uh, something about this game. You said it reminded you kind of of Shadow Man. And I'm not really. I've barely heard of that. Um, what reminds you of it, though? Yeah, so I guess in the 90s, it was kind of like a dark time where, you know, a lot of these, like the darkness and, you know, Witchblade and so on and so forth, uh, you know, a lot of dark material was coming out of this time, at least from what I could remember. And Shadow Man, uh, another series really that uh, introduced by the game, I, I had the N64 game, and that game was based on the comics, and then after, after the fact that... I did some more research, kind of how Turox was, you know, an N64 game, but based on the Turox comics. And Shadow Man had a very dark theme as well, and his uh, protagonist, you know, was kind of a figure that was kind of cursed as well. You know, he had these powers, but at the same time, you know, they were kind of like darkness, like not, not, I don't want to say darkness, yeah, but dark powers. And he had to fight, you know, his kind of humanity but also use these dark powers to do good, right? It's, it's kind of like a classic tale, um, almost. And while not exactly the same style, I did get a lot of Shadow Man vibes from the darkness, especially early, early on, even before I kind of looked it up and saw that it was based on comics. When I first actually, I guess, came across the game uh, for the darkness, not knowing it was uh, uh, based off a of comic series, I wasn't into comics much when I was young. The game itself was a really hardcore rated M game at the time, and I was pretty young. So we weren't... I wasn't allowed to play those types of games, especially like that when it looked... Uh, <laughs> you know, my my, uh, my dad and uh, stepmom were kind of, you know, as I said, very big on the whole Christian thing. So a game like this almost looked like satanic, right? So it's kind of funny. And uh, it, it made me laugh because now that well, I... What gave it away? The darkness? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we really think of the cover of it. It's that they literally look like demons on the side of him. I mean... I mean, some of his, his moves are that way. So, um, quickly getting into the info, uh, some of the game info is that so the darkness is it's actually a first-person shooter game that was developed by Starbreeze Studios, a studio that I actually never really heard of, uh, and I'm starting to realize it. It actually did a lot more than I thought. It actually was the developer of the Chronicles of Riddick game, which a lo- I remember hearing a lot about that uh, back Great. in the day. Great yeah. Xbox and PC game. Yeah, I remember uh, I, a, p- a lot of yeah. people were talking about how amazing that game was back then, even though we never really got to play it. Uh, it was it was up there in class. So it was the same company, and they published this game, or it was published by 2K Games, who uh, uh, bought the rights from Majesco uh, around 2006 when it was struggling financially. And Starbreeze Studios actually said they used an internally developed next-gen engine, which if you think about it at the time... It was still relatively early for next gen. You know, we're talking the game Absolutely, came out. Yeah. yeah, game came out 2007 in June for the PS3 and Xbox 360, and and that's one thing actually. You and I uh, kind of were talking about when we played the game. Is you can tell the game looks good. Like for an early game, it looks really nice, but you can tell like there's some of those um, older aspects, like some of the, the hands. Oh, or oh some yeah. Of the, well, the, way the geometry is on other characters. So the game looked really good, surprisingly good. Let me say that, surprisingly good uh, for the year. You know, you look at 2007, you're like, holy crap, what am I going to see? And and it actually looked pretty good, but at the same time, uh, very dated as well. You could very much tell 
you know, that it was a game of this era and in some ways could have been done on, you know, the Xbox or GameCube. And I'm not sure if it would have probably lost a lot as far as uh, game design decisions, but it would have been um, less prettier. But the overall kind of gameplay and stuff like that, I don't think it was doing something particularly grandiose that those systems couldn't have handled as far as scope. So, but it's, it, it, but regardless, it, it looks really, really nice still in a lot of areas. Yeah, and you can, I can actually now finally uh, realizing that it was made by the developers of the Chronicles of Riddick, I can definitely see the similarities between the, the graphical style and that kind of the dark, shadows. Yeah, the shadows and so that the, dark. The shadows that, that game had. Pretty cool shadows, character shadows, and uh, this game. I mean, yeah, it's called the Darkness, obviously, but uh, most, you know what? Not necessarily environmental shadows, uh, but character shadows, right? Mm. Um, and that special that, that's type of bloom, that early type of bloom. Too. Oh yeah, that that yeah, that bloom that was all over the place in that during that era. It's interesting because uh, I had to look a little deeper into uh, the game for this, and actually, it's got quite a few differences from the from the actual comic but it has quite a few similarities as well so obviously you're still playing jackie as Cicado, and he's you know still an orphan he still has that backstory and he still gets his powers of course on his 21st birthday while he's you know spending his time in the the mob of franchetti such a such an interesting name it's very i love how everything's so italian so italian yeah. <laughs> in uh, the game it it's actually kind of sticks out so and he also has a, a childhood friend uh, who was also a love interest in the comics, who's actually the girlfriend in the game, a, John, a Jenny Ramiro. So mm-hmm. it, I actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. So the differences are that he doesn't have like a lot of that more 90s, you know how the 90s art was when he had all those kind of heroes wearing kind of armor or special like outfits. You know, that's not really like a thing in this game. I guess they wanted to make it more grounded. So that's actually like a big difference in here. It's a lot more inspired I guess you could say by that uh, older 90s Italian mafia movie uh, feel uh, that, yeah. is, you know, it, it's a little more crisp, clean looking in the comics. And uh, the character who took him in is basically a different person. It's uh, Polly Franchetti instead of Frankie, who mm-hmm. Polly was the cousin, but they basically just kind of merged the characters together. And, you know, they faked being his uncle and they had very different reasons for taking him in. So, and also the, the orphanage, which actually is this really supposedly sweet place he grew up in where he you know, spent time with his, his childhood friend, uh, Jenny. In the comics, he still met her in the orphanage, but it was actually an abusive place. So I thought that was interesting that they changed that because I suppose they wanted, um, they wanted a bit more of a hook uh, to make him have more of a soft spot for that because it makes sense of what they do later on in the story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's more of a he's more of a suave, well dressed mafioso in uh, the comics, uh, while he's a lot more like you know the mob hitman, you know Italian hitman based on like the '90s in the video game. Even the the way he talks and how his hair, you know, doesn't look very stylized. It's very you know just straight, very straight, long black hair down with a long black yeah. coat. So he's not quite. He's not quite out of Goodfellas or anything like that because uh, that's not how they dress there. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe more Sopranos. But even then, um, you know, he's wearing he wears like a black trench coat. You know, slick kind of long hair. You know, he he's more of a modern kind of Italian looking guy in the game, right? Yeah, I feel like he's and, not. And I'm not I'm not an expert on modern Italian looking guys or anything, but you know, he's not what what I think of at least when I think of a, a Italian mafia. You know, like, and and what comes to mind is, you know, classic movies like Goodfellas and 
a casino, etc. There, right? He's a, more new school. Uh, there's a funny comparison. I don't remember the guy's name, but you know the guy who directed The Room? Have you ever heard about uh, that B movie? <laughs> that really it's an interesting story about the room. Uh he was a his acting was really terrible. I forget his name. Tommy Wiseau. There we go. Tommy Wiseau. I swear to God, it sometimes reminds me a bit of him. Um if you ever if yeah. you ever look that up, it's a funny comparison on a funny story. But anyways, the but yeah, it's it's very different because the comics are very stylized to make him look really, really slick. Uh he's actually a lot less slick in here. It's a lot more He's a lot more, uh, I guess you say down to earth, like he kind of seems quieter. I think the idea in the game is they wanted him kind of quieter, like a guy who has a lot that he struggles with, like dark, deep down, but he kind of keeps it kind of down there. And it's like, you know, he's, he does bad things, but he's, he's a good guy, generally. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the art style sometimes doesn't mesh exactly like how maybe they thought it would have. Yeah. Because, you know, you're right. They do play a more straight, more uh, realistic. But so you have to picture this kind of very realistic kind of Italian mafia guy with these darkness powers coming out of him. It doesn't quite work as well as maybe the character in the Image comics. Yeah, that's does, true. The Image comics really gives you that feeling. And I, I do think it's just a, a different approach. Like they try to ground it, but you have supernatural things. And I think that's why a lot of the extra supernatural stuff or cosmic related things are not really touched upon in the game. So that's actually a big difference. It is definitely more serial, more, um, you know, of the mind kind of in this. So it, it's pretty interesting nonetheless. So, but what would you say when you, when you started the, the game and you, you know, got to see how the character was and then, you know, what was your first impression when you like, you know, pop this thing in and you see like the, the intro and you're in a car with a bunch of mafia guys? Well, first of all, I got to talk about the kind of the start screen. I, I, I thought the start screen caught my attention right away because it does this thing where it's kind of very tentacle based, mm. and every time you go into an option, the tentacles kind of move in and out really quickly. It's very, uh, it's very stylish, very um, kind of high production values first time. I thought that was very nice. So that gave me a very good first impression. Then when the game starts, it it, it catches your attention as well because it, it puts you right in the middle of a car chase, right? So it looks like it's uh, Frankie and uh, some of his associates, and they're. Uh, trying to drive away from uh, this group of characters who are after them, which uh, I don't think at that point they tell you why. You're kind of just plucked right in the middle of an action sequence, which is a pretty good setup. And it's pretty pretty exciting, I say. I mean, it was, was kind of Call of Duty-ish where it's very staged. You don't have a whole lot of control other than some kind of basic shooting. But I thought it was effective, and it, and it caught my attention. But unfortunately, right after that, when I um, when I got control of my character, I kind of noticed the first person shooting controls were kind of floaty, not not great. I didn't like the way he controlled, very floaty. And then and then right away, I think you start getting into your first shooting scenario, right? Is there like um, if I remember correctly, is like a construction site, right? You your car crashes, it flips over, you kill the the people that were chasing you, your um, the driver in your car also dies or not, depending on it's your choice. I ended up <laughs> blowing him away just to see what happens. Well, kind of what you did with well, Ashley, actually, except this he... wasn't a defenseless um, young girl, just the president's daughter. But that's a topic. Well, <laughs> oh, don't you do uh, that kind of raising <laughs> the raising the form. But, but you know, but as actually, as just let as... you know he dies. He dies either way though, because if you keep talking yeah. to him or you say a couple things to him, 
he starts talking and then you just kind of see him go you know that kind of thing where you realize he just slowly yeah so it was humanitarian what i did i you know i it was either me or well actually um, i think you can actually close his eyes too when you see him pass away you can actually i did close his eyes yeah so I thought, wow, that another died. another way, yeah. yeah. I, I saw blood streaming down. Trust me, but <laughs> anywho, as soon as you leave this guy, you immediately get into kind of the first uh, firefight, I guess, with enemies, and then that's kind of where it starts to crumble. That's where the theme of the game kind of starts with me, where it's a whole bunch of good with a whole bunch of mixed stuff in there, because then these enemies were kicking my ass, man, you know, and. And part of it was because I was trying to get used to, you know, you don't notice how far um, first-person um, controls have come come along until you kind of play a game from back in the day. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was kind of struggling a little bit with the floaty controls, the really strong auto-aim, right? That that old-school GoldenEye magnet cursor that just kind of, you know, it it wants to just go to their stomach, everything. And I'm like, no, I want precision. And, but... So, um, yeah, anywho, so yeah, the opening was, was pretty exciting. It caught my attention and then, but I wasn't impressed with the first uh, shooting section of the game, which is what starts you out in earnest, I think. Yeah, so it, it was a similar thing with me that right off the bat, you kind of notice that it's very, very, you know, different than the usual first person games you're used to. And it, it has a, I think it caught me narratively on kind of an interesting hook. Like, I, you know, you're trying to, I'm trying to see like, oh, how the voice acting is, how they're talking, you know, how it feels. And I was getting a good vibe of it for sure. And, and then they had the, they have this thing where Jackie like narrates doing, during certain loading scenes or cut scenes. Yeah. Uh, and I, cool. I thought it was really interesting because the, the cinematography they use for that is, is actually quite stylish. And I know they're totally, like, trying to mimic, like, the noir movies or, like, the mafia it's, it's movies. It's like he's and... under a spotlight with a spotlight with kind of, um, you know, almost like foggy, a foggy spotlight, really yeah. very... And it actually it actually makes his character model look actually really good in the way the lighting is yeah. done in that. It's it's actually kind of impressive how they made it look. And, and they focus on, like, sometimes when he sits there. And I noticed that only when he's talking... He only talks usually when there's in the middle between like an important moment or when you're traveling that you're going the right direction, then he'll talk. Like if you're not going the right direction, you're just, just, you know, running around. It just kind of has these loading screens where he's like sitting there thinking or messing with his guns or, you know, doing various things. I I did notice that that they have um, certain clips are kind of just generic they're in. They're interesting, but they're kind of generic. So if you're kind of going back and forth throughout the world, then they'll play these clips. But then if you're headed towards like um, a story sequence or a new area, uh, those loading screens are kind of specific to what the story, right? They kind of um, give you little nuggets of story and and almost like thought bubbles in a comic book of sorts. Kind of yes, and and they and they make it seem like he's telling the story in kind of like a past tense. Like, he's already experienced all this, and you can tell, like, whether when he's rather angry or starting to sound sad or stuff like that. So I think that the voice actor did a good job playing the main character, and the way he makes him kind of talk really, really softly. For some reason, I thought that was interesting, because you don't really hear a lot of, like, soft-talking characters in games. And so he talks really, like, almost, I wouldn't say whisperish, but it, it kind of has that very, like, 
monotonous, subdued way of talking, which for some reason I thought actually made the character pretty interesting, especially like when he softly, uh, pretty much, I wouldn't say insult, but uh, intimidates this one guy you can do as a side quest. It was funny, yeah. really funny what he said. I mean, I'm not gonna really say it for the, the podcast. It's <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty dirty joke, but it was I was busting up. Yeah, well, one of it. the one of the jokes that he said uh, during those loading screens really caught me off guard because one, it was funny, but two, it's pretty out there. Um, you know, it's pretty uh, it's like an adult joke, and it kind of caught me off guard. Um, I didn't expect it, but. You know, it adds, it adds character. I think his character is pretty fleshed out. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's super exciting or, you know, or and super he's not, charismatic. And he's definitely not that relatable either. <laughs> no, I mean, he's not the most charismatic guy. But, you know, I think you're right. I think his voice actor did a good job of, you know, being like an Italian guy without kind of sounding too... Cliché. I don't know if cl- cliché is the word. Yeah, or stereotype. You know, stereotype kind of thing. You know, he... He, he did a good job. Yeah. There was one thing I felt that was kind of a, a little abrasive is sometimes you would go from, like, frantic action literally, like, one minute before, and you'd get these really quiet, this quiet moment literally, like, a minute later. And, and you, you have nicer music playing after that. It sometimes was a little, um, a bit of a contrast. It was it was kind of nice, but it, uh, it was a big contrast. So... Uh, when we actually get a little farther, or a little around the beginning of the game now, uh, the big thing that's meant to show you, I guess, the drastic difference when you get his powers. And the one thing I thought was strange is he doesn't really, like, acknowledge the fact completely that he he just, these pure, these powers, like, showed up during, you know, you trying to run away from the guys who were trying to kill you after you actually get all of them. It doesn't really acknowledge the fact that they're just there now. Like, they pop up, and it's not like he's like, oh my god, you know, what happened? Yeah. I was it's confused like he, about that. Yeah, I'm wondering. If Very because, jarring. Yeah, I'm wondering if they were wondering if it was meant to be like the idea that it's all him talking about it past wise. So he's just kind of saying like, like, oh yeah, something really changed, and that you know that's the the yeah the first the and, first and we'll, time I died, you know. And we'll touch upon this later on, I suppose. But when I when you know the powers first manifest and you get to use them, I was really confused how you use them mm-hmm. and. I don't know, I was just confused, and I didn't know how to use my powers, and the character wasn't reacting the way that I thought he should act, and, um, you know, in a moment, a pivotal moment like that, where he should be like, oh, hell yeah, I got these darkness powers, let me, let me use them on these, uh, you know, poor, unsuspecting enemies, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I was just getting shot up left and right, so I'm like, you know what, screw these darkness powers, man, I'm just gonna use my two pistols that I have in my hands, (laughs) and that was a lot more effective, in fact, I say the guns were far more effective through most of the game until you kind of start getting more powerful powers. Now, that's not abnormal. A lot of games do that. But I, I feel like this game just took way too long to give you any kind of power that becomes useful. Other than uh, when you're using your darkness power, you could take more hits, right? That's always a passive ability during the darkness powers. Because otherwise, you get taken down like in a second. Yeah, I think the other power was, uh, well, I won't get into it too much, but we're going to get into the gameplay a little later. But I know what you mean, that it is, it isn't, they don't tell you a lot. You actually, most of the time, I think, had to go in the menu if you wanted to get a little more details. Because they kind of quickly are like, oh, click this to use that. And it, it, yeah, but it's, it, but they don't tell you how to then, really kinda, use yeah. it. So, uh, I thought it was interesting, though, that they had, uh, they had full reflections that when you pop the darkness out, like, his eyes start glowing and you see the, the things sticking out of him and the... 
the creepy uh demon or demonish looking arm almost yeah. like serpents they're like demonic looking serpents and when you initiate them in front of someone they literally like oh my god they start like creeping away in fear <laughs> and i thought that i don't was think funny. i tried that i didn't try that but i did notice it's a um those darkness kind of serpents that come out of him they were really well animated i thought oh yeah they were almost like uh what was that um was that three-headed dog kind of oh, like Cerberus? in mythology yeah um or yeah i guess so or or maybe the 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 hydra the dragon with the hydra maybe yeah where the the heads are kind of yeah, snapping at each other they're reacting to each other that's very that's actually, kind of funny yeah that's yeah. a really good comparison because the way they move and are animated uh when you actually yeah. like see them do stuff it is very hydra like yeah because sometimes they even like snap at each other kind of you know and they react to each other and they react to, very uh very cool i thought that was very nice I love this subway station. Uncle Paulie brought me down here on vacation one time. Count the trains. Best two days me and him ever spent together. So the a big scene in here that a lot of people uh, consider to be quite interesting actually is uh, when you actually first meet Jenny. So you actually have this phone you can use to call numbers in the game and it's a hilarious thing that they literally have actual collectible phone numbers in the game based on side quests you do or secrets you can find. And you can actually call every single one of those numbers and they'll have some actual recorded line. Some are really funny. Some are meant to be dramatic. Some are meant to be very dark. It's very strange. Like they've put that much effort into literally making all these excessive recordings that unlock concept art and stuff. But you can call other characters in the game. So if there's like someone you need to call they automatically put it in the game. So when he calls Jenny, you know, you hear for the first time and you find out, oh, like, he's got, like, a girlfriend. And you can tell she really, like, loves him. And, and he, like, like seems like he's had a really harsh day. And you can kind of tell he just, like, wants to go meet her, right? Like, he's just kind of like, like, I've yeah. had I've had quite the, the, the afternoon. And, you know, it's his <laughs> birthday. So it's like, yeah, I got, almost got killed on my birthday. You know, time to spend time with my girlfriend. So... It's it's a very um it's very it's kind of funny because I think it's the moment I realized that the game was trying to um do more than I thought. So when you actually go to find Jenny, uh, it was a little it was a little hard to find her at first. I have to say, uh, when you actually, nah. <laughs> I know you're like, oh, we're gonna get, we'll into get that. to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. And uh, so when you meet Jenny and everything, oh, you can kind of tell like she's. It's actually described well. It's weird because so you know you can tell she's like really sweet and you can say different things to her. And I love how every now and then you you have the option to, like, say certain, like, different things to her. And what I thought was strange is when she's all like, oh, shows the little cake and you can sit down and, like, make a wish or something and blow out the candles. And I thought, like, you know, they're going, like, a lot of this extra effort to show, like, you know, she really cares about him. And, and he's kind of, and you can tell, like, he's just a guy who doesn't talk a lot about, like, what he's feeling. And there are these moments where when she when she sits down and she says, oh, like, like, you know, sit down with me, like, you know, let's watch a movie and stuff, right? Because you're at her apartment. Supposedly, like, she moved in recently into a new apartment. And, and what I thought was strange is then it gives you the dialogue option to say, tell her you love her, right? Because, like, there's all these things, he, he, you know, he's got darkness powers he's not talking about. He's, he's basically going to, it basically looks like his, his, uh, his uncle that he works for is trying to kill him, you know, and, and I love how one of the options is actually 
uh, tell her you love her. And the, the interesting thing is, is his answer is just, no, I'm all right. When you pick that option. And I was like, whoa. And for I some reason, that, yeah. I thought that was actually really deep. Just because the idea that that's what he wants to say, but he doesn't. When she says, is everything okay? And he's like, I'm all right. And I thought, actually, I'm like, wow, that's that's some really good subtle storytelling. Like that that connection to the player. That whole story sequence, or which is kind of early on in the game, it's probably one of the most effective, or one of the top three of most effective kind of story beats uh, in the whole thing. Because it was so sincere, like you said, with the birthday cake and, and some of the um, kind of dialogue choices that they give you, which, you know, doesn't always coincide with what you pick, but there's a good reason for it. And then, you know, I, I think they sit down and actually start watching TV, right? Yeah. Which... Um, you know, and, and it was such a tender moment. Like in a game that's kind of sometimes super ridiculous and, and sometimes frustrating. I didn't mind just kind of having the game show these two characters just sit down and watch TV for a couple minutes. And I think it, I think the game does a smart thing where it lets it play for a minute or two. And it's just nothing but them watching TV. And it really drives the point home that, hey, these two people care for each other. They have history. And it's very effective. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that they give you, like, while you're sitting there, it's all in first person. I know that when you pick dialogue options, it kind of switches to third, but usually most of the um, the viewpoint is always from first person. So this whole time when she's, like, sitting down, they have the actual movie To Kill a Mockingbird playing on the TV. And and you can, like, sit down there and watch it. And it's, like, an old TV. And it was a CRT. Yeah, it was old, like, CRT. And the interesting thing is, like, you see her, you know, just leaning, like, sitting next to him, kind of leaning against him a bit. And and then you kind of see her lean a little more on him, kind of, like, very subtly, right? Like, you know, like a, a couple thing. And you can, like, kind of say, like, oh, wrap your arm around her. And, you know, and then you, and as you do it, like, it's just very naturally pulls her in a little bit. And she leans up against him. They're kind of, like, huddling. And it's all still in first person. And then she just randomly, out of the blue, like like kisses you and it's just there's no talking it's very silent you hear her kind of like like giggle a little bit and she kind of just you know leans back on you and you guys just start watching stuff like and she starts to and it's weird you literally are watching the movie for like two minutes realizing these characters are doing things and you see like it's presented where you see obviously his whole body like leaning on the couch too and i thought it was very immersive because then she starts to like get tired after like two minutes of you basically just sitting there. And I thought like, wow, this is what they call a game taking its time to like show it. So interestingly enough, this scene back then was rated by a maximum PC as the most authentic instance of romance ever conveyed in a video game. And I have to say, I I can't really not deny that because I've never seen a game take that much time to try to make a very casual, nice feeling for these two people where you can tell one guy's hiding things from his significant other, but he really just wants to have this nice moment, you know, and, and he is, he, it's like the, the woman he cares for. And you can tell she really, really loves him. It's just a very sweet scene, but what I found very intriguing is you can actually, if you want to, watch the entire movie To Kill a Mockingbird in that game. Like, the whole movie. And I remember that was one of the biggest uh, highlights in the game. But it wasn't just that. You can experiment by finding these random TVs throughout the game. And you know there's somebody that's done that. 
you know there's somebody that just sat there and watched the whole movie and oh, like a yeah. one inch screen yeah yeah there's there are youtube videos i think that have the whole thing oh god and and the and the funny thing is is i was wondering how they did this because i was told that the uh i think the ps3 version actually had uh, a couple more things but the uh, xbox version still where you could actually watch another movie i think it was uh the man with the golden gun or the man with the golden arm there was another you could watch a couple cartoons and they were all in there like but you you can flip through the tv but not on not on the scene with jenny that's always to kill a mockingbird yeah but it's weird how they literally put in whole i think it's about two or three movies whole movies in that game you can watch on a random tv or there's commercials or music videos from the 90s and and then of course you know some black and white movies like to kill a mockingbird so i thought i don't understand why they went i guess a lot of people said it was the dedication to detail there was a lot of um that they tried to do in the game to make it feel like an actual living, breathing world. And I think that's what's what's so absorbing for me about it of why I actually really started getting into it. But yes, in some cases, it sometimes does clash with the more darkness side of it, which its realism is more of like the eerie, mental, dark influence that this thing starts to have over him and that he constantly has to contend with because it's constantly talking to you over and over and over throughout the game and in a very very intimidating menacing fashion yeah you know now that um hearing you talk about it it kind of reminds me of um the uh, symbiote from uh mm. from venom yeah so you know especially in the latest movie spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it, i guess light spoilers but you know the the symbiote kind of talks to eddie brock the whole time and actually and, and the voice is almost exactly the same or very similar at least I mean, the dynamic is a little bit different, of course. Oh, uh, quite different, actually. It, yeah, well, I guess. and Yeah, it is. In some ways, it is. In some ways, it, it isn't. Because it's this other thing that's there to help you, but it's also hurting you in a lot of ways. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, that, that's what I think of when I think of the darkness in this game. Yeah, I thought they did a good job, though, at making this entity feel very otherworldly. The guy who voices him, he, he does this thing where he messes with his... He messes with his voice going up and down where he can get really deep and growly, but then he'll go really Jack screechy. Aaron. Yeah, where he'll go like, Jack, Jack and then he'll go like yes. this. I, I actually was very um, impressed by it. Sometimes the really screechy one, I actually always preferred it when he talked deeper than the screechy one because the screechy one just sounded really creepy. It was just kind of like, like, I wouldn't want that in my ear. So it, it's really strange. Like you have all these um, very soft, interesting things that happen in the game, which on a storytelling level, I was told that way back when it was reviewed, it was reviewed actually really well. And that some of the things they talked about was that it actually did some very interesting storytelling. Now, the story by far is not like, uh, if you put it on paper, you know, you write the story, it's not the biggest story ever. And if you read a summary of it, it sounds interesting enough, but it's more like what they do in certain scenes in the game that kind of caught me more than the story itself. Because it's a lot of going from one place to the next and doing certain things and, and the story kind of, you know, moving along the beat. So yeah. I know I'm kind of going like point by point on the story. I just feel like it's actually quite a lot to touch upon that happens in this game because there is a lot actually to talk about for this game um, story-wise and, and gameplay-wise. Um, but moving on, there the memories at the orphanage scene, where you're kind of running, walking around in that area, 
and you kind of see like his memories of when he was a kid uh, with Jenny. And I know they do that to to push you into the aspect of just like what she meant uh, means to him and uh, you know all the the kind of things that happened to him when he was young or who he was when he was young. And it, I I can see why they were doing it because you only know Jenny for not that much of the game. Like it's not that long of the game, but they they do a good job of of making you care about her um, within a short amount of time. I, I wish they would have explored that aspect more i wish mm-hmm. you would have had more scenes with jenny i i thought she was just one of the strongest characters by far and um the good thing is the scenes that you share with her are really good but unfortunately it's just it's cut short to you know yeah uh, you don't get you don't get that much of it yeah you don't i mean i mean the reason why it's cut short is we're about to get into that as I said, it would have been nice to have had a, a bit more, or as you said, it would have been nice to have a bit more time with her. I I felt they did a good job, at least, of getting you into the mind state of just what his mind was like towards her, and and you know you trying to care about her as that way, because you know eventually she does get kidnapped after uh, you trying to strike back at the people who uh, are trying to kill you, including your your uncle, uh, Polly Franchetti. And you end up uh, going up against this guy, and you have to say, let's let's just say real quick, the names in this in this game, like you go up against Dutch Oven Harry. Yeah, they just roll off the tongue. They did, the I know, right? And it's, I mean, it's they're a, just yeah, yeah. And they're like a lot of these guys have supposedly these um, what's the term that I'm looking for? They have a lot of these. I wouldn't say code names. They're more like nicknames, like, like obviously, street names. yeah, street names, pretty much of like them running things, you know, and yeah, and so you end up like trying to, you know deal a blow into to what uh Polly's trying to do for you and and he ends up Dutch Evan Harry ends up boarding Polly to like blow up the orphanage you you uh grew up in and and it, it's some pretty sleazy stuff a lot of the characters uh bad characters in here are very sleazy very really mean it it all boils down to the fact that you know Polly and his uh corrupt cop friend uh Eddie Schrote <laughs> I always thought that was such a funny name that guy was that guy that guy somehow was able to lo- live out your pursuit so much throughout that game and I, I couldn't believe it but it ends with them kidnapping Jenny and bringing her to the orphanage and and the darkness which you can tell is kind of getting deeper and deeper into messing with Jackie like really badly kind of feeling like it wants to take over you more bit by bit that it actually stops him from doing anything to save you know his girlfriend uh as Polly, Franchetti, and Eddie Schrode basically, you know, have her killed in front of him. It's it's a very um, it's actually kind of a hard scene. Slightly, it's a uh, pretty dark because then it ends with uh Jackie pretty much after seeing sh- she's dead, he basically just kind of takes a gun to him and and the darkness kind of freaks out and and he basically just you know shoots himself against the darkness's will. Yeah, that was my favorite scene, honestly, because uh he wanted to stop them. But then the darkness was kind of wrapping itself around his arms, right? And, and not allowing him to, to move. So I, I thought that was the most effective scene in the game. And again, it had to do with Jenny and anything with her and Frankie was great. Yeah, I think, I think it, was, it was actually the idea that it knew that Jenny was like that one good thing. And, and technically, the crazy thing is obviously so did the bad guys. But it's like it knew that that was that one good thing that it felt was keeping him back. Like, oh, we don't need her. If we get rid of him, like, he's he's basically ours. Like, he's got nothing left. You know, we'll, we'll become his world, right? 
And I thought that was that was pretty scary, like a creepy idea. And you can see, like, as I said, it was so bad for him that he literally was just like, you know, screw this. You know, he's all messed up with these powers and, you know, he loses the one person he cares about and he ends up, you know, just being like, forget this. So that when it gets into really the really weird, uh, very strange supernatural stuff, and that is um, the other world. Chinatown. You're not here anymore. I'm trying to remember you, but all I get is this stupid shit, like your wallpaper, smelling your hallway. Even my mind is fighting me. Um, so what did you think when you first uh, wound up in the other world? You know, a very hellish, demented-looking world that looks like World War One. I did not expect it, because again, I wasn't familiar with the source material. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I liked it. I, you know, especially after that awesome story sequence, I wanted, you know, you want your revenge, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess there's something to be said. It's a classic story of, you know, go, going down to hell or whatever, and then having to, get, you know, get back up and finding the way back, back out. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I, I didn't like the setting. You know, the setting is kind of hard to see. I, you know, I couldn't see the enemies were kind of super generic and, the World War One thing was kind of interesting, although they do a poor job of explaining why the hell War like I, I didn't know why why World War One. I. I didn't know. Well, I can I can lay some knowledge on you for that one, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm sure you can, but the, <laughs> I guess the point is at that time I didn't know. Right? I'm like, why is there World War Two stuff here? Why am I in hell or whatever the hell this place is? Why, 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 why? And granted. I'm notoriously poor at following narrative in the game, but though I still think part of this, part of the uh, problem was that the game just didn't do a great job of explaining to the uh, gamer what was happening and what you know what was going on. It's just stuff was happening. Maybe they just figured that people who played the game knew the um, the material already. Who knows, right? But I was just a little confused. The, the funny thing we're probably going to be mentioning a lot in this game is the whole fact that this game tried to be really, really ambitious. It's to the point where I think it was trying to pull off really deep underpinning meanings where sometimes it's a really difficult to kind of give that impression when you're not kind of nailing it, I guess you can say. Like you're trying to do that really deep underpinnings of storytellings, but when you don't do it 100% right, it goes over a lot of people's heads and i think even i yeah around the beginning was kind of struggling with the idea of why 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 they don't always they don't always stick the land yeah. do they yeah gameplay too i mean we're gonna get into that pretty soon but it, it's kind of strange that's why this oh, is such baby an, yeah, come on yeah, come on why, <laughs> that's why it's such an well, interesting I'm game to talk at the about to get to yeah because <laughs> yeah it's nice there's an uh, interesting game to talk about because it, it's uh it's it does so many interesting things that you just feel like you just were wish a bit better so other world the reason why it resembles this hellish it's like a construct world almost uh inside the darkness that when he dies because uh supposedly the darkness can actually reconstruct um its host's body but it takes time and when it's in that time you end up basically going kind of inside of it it's its world that it creates. Now, it resembles World War One supposedly because you find out that the first family member who was a host was Anthony Estacado, who was actually a soldier in World War One, and mm. he came across this entity that you know offered itself to him, and he kind of accepted it, afraid 
uh, when he was in the war. He wasn't really a fighting person. And, you know, and ever since then, it's basically cursed his entire family to where every, you know, passes down the line. So you kind of meet, I guess you could say because he was the first, he's kind of also the first one who kind of is stuck mentally inside of the darkness. The only thing I didn't understand was how is it that other soldiers were in there yeah like other other good men who looked really messed up they looked like patchwork atoms practically uh all this like their skin looked like they had been patched up multiple times like sewn back together or something it was very very gnarly looking and the enemies were almost like uh zombie zombie-ish looking like de- de- demonic uh, I, yeah I, demonic I looking kind of demonic Germans, yeah i guess and uh it had some trippy imagery like the this uh demon that was kind of tied um upside down to kind of like an upside down cross or something yeah because i think they said there were like interpretations of the four horsemen inside of it it did have some trippy uh, imagery um not enough of it to make that area interesting thought it was bland it it could have been it could have done a lot more (laughs) with what it what it had so yeah i'd say i I, when i went into there i didn't expect it but i thought it was um i thought it was just kind of gnarly but it was, you know, I started to wonder, like, what's the reason for it? So you kind of meet his descendant, or his, pardon me, his ancestor. No, 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 An- ancestor, pardon me. You meet his ancestor who's the first, and he's actually kind of still in the mind of, I guess you could say, the darkness because he was the first. So he didn't really die. And that's the crazy thing. Like, he's not really dead because he was the first, I guess. His his consciousness, I guess, is still deep down in the darkness. And I'm unsure why, but, I mean, some of the soldiers had some cre- scary, creepy things they would talk about when you'd listen to them in the game. And, and uh, there was one sequence that got me, that made me go, whoa, was I saw this soldier when I walked into the barracks. And he was, um like, on the outskirts of the barracks. He was just sitting there talking to himself a little bit saying a couple things, you know, I'm coming home and everything, don't worry, I'll be there shortly. And and then I just see him grab mm. his rifle and he just shoots himself. And I was like, Whoa. and when that happened, I looked to the left and there were these words that actually said suicide corner. I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I and I have to say that... That was pretty trippy. They're mimicking, you know, the horrors of war. And the idea was is whoever somehow got trapped in the consciousness of the darkness is they're basically repeating this type of hellish world over and over and over again and they can't really die and that's that's not fully explained though that's one thing i wish was explained like why is it that these other people are experiencing this hellish landscape over and over again and that they can't really like escape so that's one thing that i thought wasn't i understand why it was the setting and i understand why his ancestor is there i just understand why there was everybody else and uh it was very uh, very strange that supposedly you know he tells you you have to kind of find the castle that the darkness resides in deep deep in its uh, subconscious and, you know, try to gain control of it. So it's, as I said, it, it could have been done better. I say it was intriguing, but it, it definitely could have been could have been handled a bit better. It was just very odd in the way the game was. I didn't expect it to go that route. That was a, another, uh, I guess you'd say, strange story moment in the game that once again, you know, you feel like, Man, there's so much potential here. And even in the concept art that they show, uh, there was actually a lot more that they wanted to do. I just don't know if they had enough time. I mean, you were supposed to fight, like, angels and stuff, or, or the Angelus, as they were called, and all these other types of weird entities that, you know, it was gonna, they were actually gonna go a little bit more with the ethereal, cosmic like enemies and uh, changes and, 
all these things that were actually staples in the comics. They actually were going to do some of it, but I guess they didn't have time to. So It doesn't surprise me that the game is not, I wouldn't say unfinished, but maybe there was more ambition there than w- what they were able to accomplish just because, you know, you end up going to the same areas over and over and over and over. And like, there's these just a couple of street areas or in fact, when you end up going down there to that darkness place two times and it's the same exact place, really, it's not really, I don't think it's a whole new environment that they put you in. It's just kind of the layout's a little different, but they reuse a lot of areas, which makes me kind of feel like they're right out of time or, or you know, that their ambition was bigger than what they could probably accomplish. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because uh, some games that struggle with that, you can definitely tell an unfinished feel. I thought it was surprising that the game didn't feel unfinished. It just felt like they wanted to do so much more. And it's kind of sad, actually. Yeah, I think you and I mentioned that you said it wouldn't be nice if that game actually had like a whole redone, remastered version that actually added a lot of the stuff in. And that would have been really cool. Like, we could have seen like a bit more of what the developer probably wanted to do. Kind of moving this on a bit more is that uh when you supposedly go to take on the darkness at its lair after <laughs> you actually purposely cause yourself to die again uh trying to take out uh, eddie schrote the corrupt police chief uh, who's in the pockets of uh, paulie franchetti in a very interesting sequence you basically <laughs> get them to blow themselves up but you die in the process that he jack uses the opportunity to you know get to the darkness inside it's you know i'll just call it a construct castle and he ends up, you know, seeing it face to face. He ends up kind of in, in in a way supposedly showing that he's giving out, giving away his powers to... And it was a weird game. It was a weird boss battle. If you actually fight the boss battle, you die. Like, you actually get yeah. hurt. And you actually are supposed to literally turn off all of your powers and just walk right up to him. Like it's the weirdest boss battle I actually yeah like, I mean realized. how like, are you supposed to know that <laughs> you're know. not using a guide? Luckily by that point by that point of the game, I think I had been stuck somewhere and I'm like enough of this bullshit. So I pulled up a guide real quick, mm-hmm. and the guy told me for this boss fight, put away your weapons and just walk up to him and give him a kiss and a hug. I'm like, okay, what well, what the hell? And and of course I did that, and sure enough, it triggered a cutscene, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great boss fight right like oh wow like this this darkness entity has has entity has been teasing you the whole game and finally you get to fight him as a boss but nah you put put away your weapons and walk up to him and then it triggers the cutscene and bam end the boss fight yeah i i i was surprised i i don't remember if i myself looked up a guide or not um only for the reason that how would you know if well because jenny was saying jenny was saying this weird thing like she supposedly kind of every now and then like in his memories or he would see her oh, every now and then that she was mentioned, it look up a guide said, <laughs> no <laughs> but she said something like don't fight don't fight him jackie the more you fight like the more you'll lose 
something like that. And I don't remember if I actually caught that and went, wait a second. Because by this time, the game's already done a lot of, like, weird, what they call, um, uh... What's, what's <laughs> you this? know what? Hey, okay, this is a deep cut. But if, if like, there's one person that hears this, I think they'll get it. There's this movie called Ernest Scare Stupid. And is with Ernest... Uh, remember the character Ernest? I don't know if you remember the character Ernest. I don't think I actually this, know the character Ernest. There's this famous character called Ernest, and he used to do all a bunch of comedy movies, and he, um, he's great. And he does this movie called Ernest Scare Stupid, and it has to do with trolls. And at the end of the movie, he can't hurt the boss. He can't do anything. So then he he puts down his weapons, and then he starts hugging the, the troll and then gives him a big fat kiss. And <laughs> So the the power of love defeats the, the troll. That's kind of so that kind of this well, is what happened here. You put down your weapons, well, and the power of love defeats the dark. Well, technically, well, technically, I would definitely say it's not the power of love when it comes to this thing. But I thought it was weird because the thing started like freaking out. Um, yeah, see, when, power when it started love. like ab- absorbing him and like embracing him, but he basically got control of it. And I love how the darkness is kind of like, all right, like you have me, like for now. Like, you know, kind of that thing where it's like, you know, like, all right, fine, right? And, uh, very you know, Venom-like, very Venom-like. I just thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, it uh, obviously doesn't make for a very compelling boss. There are other, like, smaller bosses in the game, um, but it, it doesn't make for a very compelling boss battle. But I actually, to be fair, thought, hey, it was kind of a change of pace rather than, you know, constantly trying to shoot at multiple bad guys in the game and, and being knocked dead quite a few times. In fact... I myself, when I got killed really quickly sometimes in certain games by, like, just two guys shooting at me at close range, I mean, you can die very fast. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, boy, Yvonne's going to be so annoyed with this part. <laughs> which, I, what, what part? Well, I, which part? Well, there were multiple parts. Multiple parts when you have to take on a ridiculous number of uh, enemies yeah, that are kind so, of highs and lows. They're at the bottom. They're at ground level. Well, the, the problem is... yeah. See, the problem is if you don't have your darkness power, then, like, say you're just a regular person, then forget it. Like, you are a helpless child, basically. You will be taken out in, like, a second. So you need your darkness power because your darkness power is kind of like your shield. Mm-hmm. unless you take way more hits. But the problem is that anytime you're in light, then your darkness power is depleting. Though, Although there's nothing that tells you that. There's no meter, nothing. Like, towards the end of the game, I figure out that there's, like, this little sizzle sound that plays. Kind of like you're burning. And you only really found that, that out, indica- like, late? You found that out late? I swear to God, I, I did, yeah. Like, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, like, a, like a, like you're burning, you know. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I, I, I didn't know what it was. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm in the light. And I guess it's burning my darkness or whatever. But... Either way, I knew that being in the light depleted your um, darkness, but it's kind of iffy because there's, the shadows aren't always clear. What's a shadow? What's not? And whatever. I mean, it it got better as it went on, but your your power depletes way too quickly. So you might be in the middle of of a gunfight, and then your powers just go away, and you're like, ah oh, shit! And then you just get blasted to all hell. So. You know, it has a mechanic where you can shoot the lights and cover everything in darkness, etc. I mean, it kind of works, kind of doesn't. Isn't it? Isn't great, but if you don't have your darkness power, then you're out of luck, man. You're you forget it. Like you're not gonna do anything. And that brings us into one of the ones that actually was probably the most uh, had the most enemies was the the solar eclipse assault 
on Frankie Franchetti's hideout where eventually you finally find where the well, probably not Frankie. I need to. I need to correct myself. Not Frankie. Polly. Right. The game version is Polly. Like Franchetti. a like a black hole gun kind of right. Are you are you talking about the the wormhole the power, ability the you that, have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black hole. Yeah, I mean the that was super helpful later in the game, especially at the mansion oh, when you could just shoot oh, dude, it out and that, that thing, grab. Everybody. That thing was a lifesaver. What what it does is like you could open up this black hole and it sucks in multiple enemies at once, almost like that um that bomb that um the guy from Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy throws. What's his oh, name? Oh yeah, um, Star Lord. Star Lord, yeah, I remember he throws that bomb and it's like suck, it sucks all the guys and it kind of does that and is great for clearing a room. And the only thing is that it kind of leaves you defenseless afterwards because it sucks up all your power and your darkness generally goes away after that. Yeah, and no, I could tell I could tell why they did the whole um solar eclipse thing where you're taking on the the hideout. It's like a mansion like near the sea. And uh, the solar eclipse obviously is meant to be like, you know, he's not having to contend with any light. Of course, later on, you know, the the bad guy finds out that light is the thing that hurts you, and he starts having all these spotlights set up on his mansion, and and these lights near the 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 stairwalks and everything. I'd say it's definitely the most intense sequence in the game. Um, I funny enough, I had actually a lot of fun on the mansion assault, but then I also didn't. Like dying was so common uh, you know, during that. Would last you believe part. me that I didn't die once during that part? Really. Yeah, which is funny because the helicopter part, this is helicopter part that almost made me quit the stupid game. Like, I, I die like like 30 times there, you know, but, and which you didn't have much trouble. Oh, no, with, I but, didn't. As soon as uh, I found out what, what the cop, uh, how the copter was yeah. moving around, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Yeah, but the, uh, the assault on the mansion, I, I, it was annoying as hell, but I just went super slow. Like, I, I shot out all the lights, uh, which kind of helped. It does. And then, and then I made sure to bring out all the, your little helper monsters because there's like these little portals on the ground, and you and you have an option to bring um, bring out four types of kind of demons. Yeah, you know, one has like a, like a Gatling gun in the mm-hmm. back, another one ha- electrifies um, the enemies, etc. I, I just I didn't I you know I I just stayed in the back and kept just spawning. I I made sure to find like a shadowy part, so I was always regaining shadow while. Br- constantly bringing out those little demons and letting them kill all the bad guys and when i got to the um the lawn of the mansion when there's like about a hundred bad guys they and they just keep coming out and keep coming out i just stayed down in the stairs with um in the shadow and i kept spawning the little demons (laughs) and it took a long time sure (laughs) but after like 30 minutes um they did all the dirty work for me and then i just have to and then from far away i might shoot a couple and as soon as i felt like i was low on power i would go back to the shadows and hide like a little bitch and then just while you know kept spawning little demons and you you know probably used those guys probably more than i did i didn't use them like nearly enough I mean, I used them uh, sometimes, used them, but the dark I mean, wings, they, they were basically um, up until I got in the mansion. They did. They were. Um, they did all the work for me. They literally did the whole work in the whole uh, outer mansion part for me. They they killed about ninety percent of all the enemies uh, in the lawn. I, I did shoot out the lights from far away, but then because yeah, the lights there, can just, also kill your uh, darklings. Pretty yeah, so I, I made sure to shoot out all the spotlights from far away, and then I just kept spawning. You know, I, I like I said, I, I stayed in the shadow, so I was constantly um, regaining shadow. And the enemies are pretty stupid, so they don't actually come down and try to get you. They just keep their distance 
and I kept spawning, the, especially the gunner. The gunner did a lot of the dirty work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, slow, tedious level, kind of stupid, but really, but it, I didn't, I didn't really die, and I thought it was gonna be a nightmare, honestly. After that whole uh, mansion sequence, I think as soon as you get like really into the mansion, it's it's pretty like easy. Uh, it's yeah, mostly you just kind of take out sequence. bad guys. Yeah it's, story. It's like, yeah, it's like a story sequence, but you're kind of like, you take out some guys, you go up some stairs, and it's keep switching to, like, these story sequences of Jackie, like, using his powers, like, really brutally. Which, to be fair, part of me would have loved if the powers were a bit more like that in the game. For sure. And But it, it's a very cool, very cool sequences. They're, they're done really well. And you can tell that, you know, the darkness is feeding off the fact that the more he, he takes a life... You know, the the stronger it's getting to where even though he has control over it, he's not going to have control over it much longer. So he ends up, like, you know, doing all these things. And finally, when you get, uh, get you find your way to Polly, you know, you, they give you some time to kind of, before you end up, like, you know, shooting Polly, supposedly. But you're so kind you of meant to something funny Pauly. about that? What? So uh, I thought I was done with the game. I, I thought it was a cutscene playing out. So I put the controller down. Because I think Polly keeps saying stuff. He keeps talking to you, mm. right? But I guess you're meant... You don't, like... The game doesn't really tell you anything. You don't even have a gun out or anything. You know how... I, there's been other games that do that that whole thing where they, they put a gun to a character's head and they make you... They give you the option to shoot the character or not. Or at least they force you to do it. Mm. But in this case, Paul, um, Frankie was just standing there and Polly was kind of talking shit. And I put the controller down. I'm like, oh, whatever. Standing there, yeah. Jack, the main character, yeah, (laughs) Jackie. And and then after like I don't know what was it like a minute or whatever, then uh, he takes out a gun and shoots me, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Like uh, he decided not to use his darkness and gave in, and 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 instead sacrificed himself. And then I got the game over screen. (laughs) And you're like, oh, that's that's when I realized, oh crap, I was supposed to shoot. (laughs) <laughs> so then, luck. Luckily, the check the checkpoint was pretty forgiving. So I went back up there, you know. And then this time, I'm right away. I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna get it, buddy!" And I blasted him to hell. Yeah, and I th- I thought it was strange because then, of course, as soon as he takes out Polly, like you know, the darkness is kind of like you're mine, and he just yeah he just takes takes him. And after he's like you know enveloped you know by the darkness, uh, he's like on a bench like on a park bench and there's like like kind of leaves around him you know some light and you know he's actually like his head is kind of resting on uh jenny's legs and she's kind of like brushing his head and it's a very nice somber little moment where he's asking like if it's real or if he can stay or something and she's kind of telling him that they have to say goodbye you know and that she loves him and stuff it was a very nice little sweet scene and i didn't expect that scene either uh at the end but I thought it was it was interesting, and then it kind of you know goes to the point where he wakes up and everything fades to black, and they kind of leave it up to interpretation of what happens to Jackie later. Uh, of course, you know then there was a sequel, so that kind of answers a couple questions. But very different for an ending. It's it's kind of a bit abrupt. I didn't feel actually unsatisfied either, though. I I kind of thought you know the story was about him getting revenge, and he finally gets his revenge, and there's just this feeling of like how he just doesn't care about much anymore. Like, he got his revenge. He, he couldn't probably give, like, any any care if the darkness took him over. And I thought that was the idea at the end of the game, which um, I think I thought was an interesting interpretation because, you know, the only reason why he was trying to stay in control was because he hadn't gotten his revenge yet. So, so it's like as soon as he bested it, 
and then took out Polly, there's no real reason why. And that moment with Jenny is kind of that deciding factor. You feel like he just doesn't want to do anything else. He doesn't want to go on. And and she's kind of telling him that he has to. And, and But it is left interpretation if he's even able to when he wakes up. And that's the idea. Like, is he even able to with the, the darkness, you know, having much more control over him? I thought for an ending, I thought it was pretty interesting. that Once again, it, it tries to deal with some deeper interesting subjects and it, it sometimes hits them and quite often it, it really struggles to uh, give you uh, a more concise thing and I do feel that a good portion of it could have been that they they wanted to do more and maybe they were going to try to do more to explain things that they did as best as they could but that ambition that they had didn't that they didn't really give them they didn't really push that way to make it a little more understandable even though they weren't able to do what they wanted if you know what i mean like you know make yeah. a couple of those cues a little more i wouldn't say on the nose but a bit more obvious so it it's it's a very i'm very divided on that game like i enjoyed my time with it by all accounts i don't know if i'll go back and play it again but i did enjoy my time because it's a very unique experience i don't think you can find a game that is actually like the first darkness it's it's very unique. It tries a lot of new things. It, it um, it is very ambitious. You know, it it, it does fall down and it does have some aggravating moments. Uh, but for for the story, I mean, I actually was I thought it was pretty interesting so far. So, it, but I do feel it could have been it could have been handled better. So now the meat and potatoes I know Yvonne's been gunning for, <laughs> gunning for for a while now, is uh, to get into the uh, assortment of gameplay-related aspects that are uh, a fifth. Well, I don't even know if it's a fifty-fifty. Uh, but so we're, let's uh, dive right into that then. So the uh, the darkness powers that you have in this game, Yvonne, you said you had a lot of like uh, a lot of trouble feeling like they weren't really well explained. Even then, would you say it's kind of uh, like you didn't really feel like you're some overpowered character, did you? No, not at all. And okay, I'll I'll fess up here. Part of the issue was that I had the auto HDR on on the my series um, X. Mm -hmm. So what that did is uh, it, it made the game kind of really bright, and uh, I I wasn't sure what was a shadow area, shadowy area, and what wasn't. So it really kind of screwed up um, the first part of the game for me because, you know, it kept telling me, go in the shadows. I'm like, what freaking shadows? Well, I don't see no shadows, right? 
Um, but it was really the auto HDR. So I, I want to, I do want to say that to be fair to the game. But, you know, even then, I still thought that the mechanics were pretty confusing at first and, and, or just not useful, right? I didn't have like, you know, one of your, the first, uh, darkness power you get is like when you kind of take control of a little snake and yeah, the creeping you know, darkness. Ro- ro- yeah, and you could use it to go into holes to open doors or pull levers or whatever generic stuff like that. Well, or you can or you also could even sneak up. Yeah, on enemies. You, you could, yeah, you could sneak up on enemies or whatever. But I mean, that was useless. I didn't do that really. Well, it, I, I mean, thought it, I thought it, I used it actually quite often when I didn't want to get into a gunfight. I'd send him out and take out three people with that thing and bring it back. I, I, I guess, but I didn't think it was all that much faster from just shooting them in the head re- really well, quickly. That, you know, true. I guess. Yeah, I mean, sure that that it. The option was there. I just didn't think it was all that effective. I mean, in fact, most of the time I tried using it, they saw it and they would shoot it out or it would go into light and disappear. Uh, and then so, and also the control of that thing was kind of iffy at times, especially when you were trying to go up a wall. Mm. Um, the camera could get all wonky. So early on, your powers, in fact, I, I just wish I could not have the powers early on. And just use my guns because the power was kind of useless at first. Uh, but they make you use it because, as we said before, if you don't have your power, then you don't have the shield. And if you don't have the shield, it's just normal you. And if it's just normal you, then you have the endurance of a five-year-old. You know, like you get taken out so quickly, it's frustrating. So you need your power just for the yeah, shield yeah, aspect and let's, of and let's it. not forget that the shield technically is is it's hard to even call it a shield it's more like you turn on your darkness powers you can take more bullets you turn them off you take less bullets <laughs> it's basically yeah, like the yeah, concept it's almost of the like the developer wanted a reason for you to constantly have the darkness so mm-hmm. they said well if you don't have it then you're going you're super weak and but <clears throat> the problem with that is in order for you to have it you always need to be in the shadows to constantly recharge your darkness. So it kind of slows the gameplay a little bit down because you, you you need to use it for the shield, but you need to be in the darkness and the shadows to recharge it. And some of those streets are super well lit, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're, like the shadows aren't always super clear, I thought. Yeah, so the powers... You know what I wish the powers would have been more like? I wish the powers would have been more like Bioshock. Mm. Where in Bioshock, spoilers alert, although not not big spoilers, but you know you also have powers, and it's also a first-person shooting game. But the powers in that game are just so much more fun to use, mm. and and the strategy involved in them are a lot more fun. They, they that game uses the powers in in the way that I wish the darkness would have used the power. Like I wish they would have given you this assortment of of powers, and then kind of be like a little sandboxy where you're like oh man okay i see enemies up ahead i could probably have five six eight different ways to take out these enemies just based on my power or i could just walk in there and use my guns but that's not fun i'm gonna use my powers to take them out but the powers was just were just not that effective and and the ones that are effective you get them kind of late in the game and even even then they're not like whatever they're they're almost more situational right like the the that black hole, it's very situational. I I used it for like group of enemies. Otherwise, I stuck to something else. One power I think you and I probably didn't use enough of. I used it sometimes because it was useful, and I think it's because they didn't put an emphasis on how actually good of a power it was. Uh, was the demon arm? Now, funny enough, the demon arm can is that be the used... green one or the red one? It's the red, the red one. one. The red one. You can just use it to yeah, slash. Yeah, I. Now, I... 
I tried using it for for enemies, but it wasn't that great. I, I thought I, I was getting blasted more so than... Well, no, that's what I mean. Because what was weird, though, is I found out that in areas that had large objects or cars, you can actually stab a car with that and hold it down and toss a car at someone. Yeah, but they don't but they don't tell you that though. They don't explain to you And let's not forget fact, about the bell. A... Remember the bell? No, yes, okay, so there's a uh there's an area in the game. I got stuck in this area. First of all, it's super too. dark. Me too. I, it was super dark and there's this stupid freaking bell and I knew I knew like my gamer instincts were going off and said, You have to move this freaking bell out of the way. I just didn't know how. Right? And and the controls don't tell you jack shit. Nothing in the menu tells you jack, jack shit. But then I think uh, you're the one that texts me about it or something. I forgot how I found out. But I just got stuck in, the, in that, er- that area unnecessarily. To, you know, like, it's one of those things where you're, like, at a dead end and you're, like, well, I guess the solution isn't here. So then you go back, but then you hit a dead end. So then you come back to this area and you can't figure it out. And you're going back and forth and back and forth between areas because you're, like, did I miss something? And this, And the solution was just there all along. It's just the game did a poor job of teaching me what I needed to do, right? And I think this is a good segue to say how fucking slow this guy walks. Because he walks <laughs> like a 90-year-old man. And and you know why this is such a problem? Mm. Because when you're stuck and you have to basically explore to find the new area or the solution. And you've been stuck for half an hour. And this guy walks so slow and joseph does this guy have a run button nope no no he doesn't he doesn't joseph so then oh so you're already i've already like i've wasted half an hour of my life i can't find a solution and i'm walking back and forth between areas and this guy walks so slow it kills why is there no run button why does he need to walk so slow i don't get it man this guy is a god he has darkness arms sticking out of him why can't he, like, is he that cool that he just has to walk and, and he can't jog? Like a light jog? That, 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 I think it was the most frustrating thing. And it discourages you from exploring, right? It, like, especially those notes that you said early on, that you could find different notes for collectibles, etc. Mm-hmm. Those would have been a lot more fun to find if this a-hole could actually walk faster because that meant <laughs> that I wouldn't mind going off the beaten path to search for things. But since this guy walks so slow and I've already wasted half an hour to 40 minutes of my life, I don't want to go in that corner to look for stuff because then it'll take me 10 minutes just to get back to the spot I was already. Yeah, so I know. The walking I know the drove me absolutely nuts. <laughs> I Worst remember that. Though, I was like, oh boy, this guy now I'm just sprinting is going to take forever. And yes, I, I, I thought it was such an odd decision. I don't know if it's because not a lot of games back then thought of using Sprint. I don't remember a lot of games actually even had Sprint during the uh, the um, early 2006 and 2007. It was still relatively new. So it's weird. I'm just I, amazed I that right. not many people actually thought of having a Sprint button back then. No, I okay, I, I think you're right. But then it wasn't necessarily a problem. Because, but they could just made him walk you know, faster. Yeah, they could have made him walk faster. Like GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Halo, etc., Right? Problem solved. His um, locomotive speed or, or movement, I mean, is faster, right? Even though he's walking, mm. it's a fast walk. So it's no, it's not really a problem. It's not It's not a big deal. Well, yeah. But in, in this game, you know, he's just so slow. I, 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 I cannot articulate enough how slow this guy moves. And it's a problem because it just discourages you from exploring. It really does, I think. 
right? And God forbid you get stuck in the game because then, holy shit, you know, you're wasting... The game does not respect your time because if they're going to try to be clever or at least ambiguous with with their um, solutions, don't waste the gamer's time by making this guy crawl to where he needs to go. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like the biggest sin of the game is that it doesn't really... It's weird, okay? So I applaud them for trying to do as many things as possible organically. Like, obviously, there's no health. There's no energy HUD. It's all visually aspected. Like, you go into darkness and you see the the head start breathing in this smoke and you realize, oh, that's you recharging, like, your dark powers or your health or whatever, right? And, you know, the sizzling when you walk into the light or how they kind of, you know, they, you know, they make this little noise or stuff like that. And there's all this organic stuff or the traversal system, right? You know, using the subway and actually following street signs where there's actually, and then you do have a map, but it is very organic where there's not anything <laughs> like. Did you ever use, that map was. It pathetic. wasn't that great. I never, yeah, that map I, was garbage. I didn't even bother to use garbage. it. I started following no, the street signs yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, they, yes, I yes, you're right. Technically, there is a map, Joseph. Yeah, I, I, I would, that is a factual thing. <laughs> I know, but you're right. It wasn't. I, it wasn't that great. And so the thing is, is part of me, I applaud them for trying to be as organic as possible to try to keep it grounded. But that can be completely dismantled and become more of a sin when you they try to have you do a lot of different things and you don't really feel like you're explained a lot. Now I'd say that. I suppose maybe being a gamer or how I have and I've played a, quite a few games, you have to think very outside the box sometimes. And sometimes I could kind of get what they were trying to do by just kind of uh, looking around my environment. My problem was, though, is I could feel that this is not an obvious thing and it and these are the kinds of mechanics that should be obvious. Like, there was quite a few things that should have been obvious that actually weren't because this isn't like a puzzle game. And that was actually the problem. So let's let, let's talk about let's talk about the good and the bad as far as the traversal, right? Because like you said, the game is very organic and that extends to the way you move around the world. And one thing that I initially did not like, but it kind of grew on me was that again, the the map they provide, but see this is what bothers me. You they obviously want the player to traverse around the uh, the world using the si- the street signs and the subway signs, etc. Right? And I would argue that they do a good job with those signs. Maybe not initially, because initially when you're new to the game, you're really dependent like on the waypoint, you know, like a, a kind of like modern games, right? Or or the, at least a map to kind of tell you where where you're going. But it they don't do that, and I respect it. I, I would argue why include the map if it's garbage, but okay, I respect that. And and once I got used to using the streets and the subway signs, I thought they were fairly effective and at times actually quite brilliant. My problem is that sometimes when um, on the in the menu when they tell you what your next ob- objective is, mm-hmm. they would tell you go find your aunt on Olive, blah blah blah, whatever. I'm like, oh okay. But they kind of lied because, like, the street was another street. Like, the the ant was nowhere near where they were telling you to go. Like, it was just so worldly, uh, poorly worded that you could not use the street signs and the subway to find your ant based on how they gave you the instructions. It was so bad, and that's my problem. That if you're gonna if you're gonna make players uh, depend on street signs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you need to be accurate. 
in your instructions, your next mission objective, right? If you're going to tell them your aunt, etc., is on the corner of blah, 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 blah. I, I would argue most of the time, I guess they were, but there were quite a few instances where I was just completely lost. And then you, you couple that with his slow speed movement and, and it just creates a nightmare scenario. And I guess uh, last thing, uh, last thing with this, because this is related. They're not always clear on which doors are doors that you could open or, you know, or not. Yeah, I struggled with that too. Yeah, maybe they were and I didn't catch the, the, the you know, what, what the obvious uh, sign was. No pun intended. But to me, they all look the same. Doors that you could open and, or, or go inside looked exactly like doors that you couldn't do anything in. So then when I, there was an instance where I was looking for the ant and I couldn't find her. Because the instructions were so god awful that I, I I said, okay, well, it says you need to be in this section of the world. That's where I was. I couldn't find her. So I had to bump against every single stupid door in the world to see which one opened. <laughs> right? And and then you add that with how slow he moves. Ugh, it was a yeah, frustrating it's, experience. It's very, it's very time consuming trying to find that. I Eventually, after a while, I did <sighs> kind of get the feeling. And this is the weird thing, right? So... Sometimes I start getting the idea like, oh, I know which door's open, right? But then I run into a door that looks vastly different from ones that can't be opened, but yet it also can't be opened. I'm like, oh, great. This is going to confuse me even yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. And- you know, normally, normally you could tell which ones are just textured doors that can't be opened mm-hmm. and which ones are kind of, geom- you know, geometry. They have, or they have the like a have handle, an actual them. handle. Yeah, yeah. The, and, and they're obviously, oh, yeah, of course. Th- this These other doors are just background doors. Obviously, they look kind of ugly, but they're just background doors. And these doors are obviously doors that you could go through and there's stuff inside. But no, not the darkness. Every door, even the ones that can open and the ones that can't, they look exactly the same. You just can't tell, right? Um, and maybe there is a way and maybe someone's kind of screaming, you know, through their phone or computer, whatever, saying like, you idiot, the game tells you based on blah. I, I just, I didn't know. I, I just didn't know, right? And you know, if I didn't know, and if you're saying that you also struggled with this, and at, at some point I think the onus is on the developer to make it more clear, right? You just can't do something. It's like create creating a Mario level in Mario Maker. You can't create create a level that you assume is great, and then you put it out there, and the data comes back that a bunch of people are dying here, and your reaction is like, "Well, it's their stupid fault. I got through it perfectly fine." <laughs> you can't do that, right? You you have to. You have to know that if this is a problem and more people than not are, are kind of struggling with this, then I wish they would have made adjustments to that. Um, that's why I kind of say that maybe they were crunch, you know, um, for time or budgetary yeah, reasons. But I think I think this is actually rough areas here. a good comparison we could do is actually, um, hell, Resident Evil 4, actually, that we talked about. There's a good way to give people an idea based on the mechanics you give them to utilize every mechanic you have. Uh, but it gives you an idea that you can use them that way. And and the difference of darkness is it doesn't necessarily do that. I mean, I every time I got a new power, I would purposely look in the menu just to read about the whole power to see, like, maybe I would you know, I would be able to understand it better and glean what I could do from it, <laughs> which, which actually did help a bit. There were a couple things that I felt like, oh, this does that and so forth. And hell, even the bell scene, I knew I knew that when I was smacking the bell with my arm, I noticed for some reason it looked like it moved slightly. And then I ended up having to look up uh, on a guide, and, and they said, oh, you shove your thing and you hold down, you shove the tendril. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, this is why it was moving when I was slightly smacking it, and I didn't know why. And you know, I another thing that wasn't they, clear is the upgrade system. Like, 
you uh, you could upgrade yourself by devouring hearts, mm-hmm. but it was never quite clear to me what you were upgrading. And now I assume you were upgrading your health, maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe actually uh, there was how only... long you could hold your darkness. Well, actually, I, I guess, think there was there only. Were all... There was only one. I was only one way I remember it upgrading. You might be right that maybe upgrading the darkness, but I do know it was automated. And the only thing I knew is that the more you <laughs> sounds weird to say this, the more hearts you ate. Uh, the more hearts you ate. Uh, <laughs> the actually the more powers that was the quicker your powers were unlocked. The newer powers like uh the the black uh, hole. I guess the tendril arm. I do say the only one power I think that's given to you is the darkness guns, um, which actually yeah. I started using quite a bit later on in certain sections just because yeah, me they're too infinite. same here you just stay in the darkness and keep you know shooting and, and as long as you're not in, in the fact light. I, I use that exclusively in that um the mansion level to pick off um people from far away but i think the sonic yeah, sonic guess, boom gun that you have there actually yeah right. yeah but you know sometimes it would run out of ammo and it switched to regular guns so it's kind of weird but you're you're right i guess the upgrade system did unlock new powers although it was never clear to me that that's what it did i just i wasn't sure what was happening i would just say you're upgraded but every upgrade didn't always coincide with me having a new ability i at Mm. least i I don't remember that so well i do know oh pardon me i know it unlocked the new darklings though i definitely know it unlocked the new darklings like yeah but you unlocked those very early no Um, no not not all of them though because there's about like four eh. of them yeah, it's about like four. I, I remember by halfway, I had all four. I remember, and yeah, and then well, another thing that was confusing is, I, in I wasn't sure what number of hearts, like you know, like was it every fifty hearts? Was it every a hundred hearts? I I wasn't sure, right? Like I remember I was towards the end of the game, and I'm like, I was like at two twenty or or two thirty. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna devour maybe twenty more hearts before I get to the boss. Maybe it'll help me. And I got to 250 and nothing happened or, or something like that. and Or I forgot the number. I think it was 250. But the point is, I was never clear what amount of hearts would do anything or what was given to me. And I figured out it wasn't health because I, I wasn't noticing that my health, you know, the enemies were... In fact, I noticed I was dying sooner the stronger the enemies got, especially towards the end. Yeah, especially you have, the, like, the police guards that had, like, armor on and everything like that. Those guys were kind yeah. of annoying. For them, Bullet I sponges. had the black hole, my friend. Oh, I know, right? That, I, that I didn't even game. fuck I, around funny. with these guys. It's funny how you're saying that, because that was sent- the same thing with me. I didn't bother with guns on these guys. Like, black hole for you nightmare. and black yeah. hole for you. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's funny, because here you are. You are spawned from hell, basically, with these terrifying things coming out of you. And yet these guys in tactical gear are like whipping your ass, you know? Yeah, I think I think it's the it's a problem that quite a few shows and even games have where they, they tout true. you as being yeah. they tout you as being like this amazing badass and then they make you feel underpowered. Very and I true. Think, Very and I, weirdly true. enough, I I don't think that was the oddly enough, I think that wasn't the developer's intention. I think they thought that if you really know how to use the powers, you can actually do a lot of amazing things. And in a, in a sense, there are some really cool things you can do in the game. I mean, there were a few times where, speaking of actually like feeling like a badass, I almost felt like that when you got into a really good streak of uh, shooting there, and because the way the hands are really extended outwards, like an actual, one thing I appreciated was the hands are really extended outwards, like an actual person's hands holding a gun. You know, they're they're very like, you can see a lot of it. Yeah. 
And, and they actually change depending on the angle he's at or if he's up against a wall. The guns will actually change to where he's, you know, reaching his arms around the corner, which I thought was really cool. It was very um, dynamic how his arms moved. At least stood out to me that I thought felt probably really exhilarating was when you're on a rampage of using dual guns or dual machine guns and you're just going bam, 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 and you're like, you know, laying waste these people. You have your darkness powers there for the shield mostly, but you're just kind of gunning down rapidly like, through all these people, and, you know, he's ch- shifting out guns, he's, like, pulling out this gun, pulling out that gun, because there's no reload system in this in this game. You don't reload your weapons. It's He runs out of one but it gun, does ha- he pulls it, out it another one. It does have a reload button, though. No, no, but a, a reload animation. That's what I, I meant. Guess. Like, I guess. I don't know. Th- towards the end, I was always reloading. Well, technically, I don't even I mean, think that's he's... reloading. That's actually him pulling out another variant. Like I noticed because uh, when I when I maybe. tried to it do it, it felt like yeah, reloading. It kind of felt like, but you can pick up. Technically, you're picking up ammo off from enemies' yeah. weapons, but he never, you never see him reload. Like you know, a game where you see the guy reload and you have more bullets. No, and here, as soon as he runs out of bullets, he kind of just drops the gun and pulls out the next pistol. Like if you have, you actually can have like tons of pistols if you pick up from guys but if he runs out of one ammunition of one pistol he just switches to the next pistol until he runs out of pistols then it goes into whatever next weapon you have like a shotgun or or an yeah automatic i guess rifle it kind of reminded stuff. me of uh golden eye a little bit not quite the same but in golden eye to reload you, you uh your gun kind of goes off screen and then comes back up uh, you know, again, not not quite the same, but yeah. But some, I could I could know. tell their reason because even in the the original concept art, it literally was a concept art of him having literally a ridiculous amount of pistols like in his belt, and it's the yeah. the idea in certain movies where you'd see this guy shooting up the place and he just drop his guns and grab out two more. Yeah, the problem with that is that I feel the cool shooting or or the shooting animations and the way he moves is kind of betrayed by the auto aim mm. i thought the auto aim really um was too strong and it felt like a magnet right now you can say you could argue some people might argue that hey that's that's good right uh, but i i didn't think so because it it, it doesn't let you do kind of precision you know shots and it always seems to kind of want to go to the head for some reason yeah it's like a little dot too With, the reticles yeah and, and then you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie in some ways that was good because it could get some of those gunfights could get kind of frustrating but in other ways i'm like no man like stop i want like i'm not feeling so much of a badass i'm just feeling like i'm putting the cursor in a general direction and the auto aim's just doing the work for me I, you know i i feel like they made the enemies bastards because the auto aim could kind of take them out i, I wasn't liking that and yeah, again, some of these enemies could be bastards. Would you agree? That were, yeah, that some, of them were just, some, some of them were just really irritating. And you're right, because yeah. they, it would stick to them. And sometimes in the process of trying to stick to them, their body would move and it would miss yeah. because it's trying to only focus for you. Yeah, and then what what made things worse was that you were really intense gunfights. And you would take out one, two, three of them, right? And then you're like, all right, I'm done with you guys. Now let me move on to these assholes here that are kind of, you know, whittling my health away. And guess what happens? All three of those enemies get right back up. So the game does this weird thing where I would say about seven out of ten times or whatever, they never truly die unless you get right up to them and devour their heart or you uh, finish them off on the floor. And and a lot of a lot of times they they look like they're dead, but then like a second afterwards or whatever they kind of start holding their stomach and they kind of start squirming, and then a couple seconds later they'll get right back up with full health and start shooting you again. 
I do know that if you hit someone in the head in that game, it's pretty much an instant death. Like, they, they practically are like they don't get up whatsoever. I do know yeah. that, yes, there were a couple times if you thought you got someone, but here's the pr- weird part. So if you shot someone a couple times, maybe in the, st- like in the, the, the middle area, there's, there's the chance, obviously, you got them. But because that auto-reticle would sometimes be a little weird, you would think you actually got them a lot. But really, it's an animation. They fell to the ground. They get back up. Now, there was an actual enemy uh, that always got back up if you didn't eat their heart, and that was in the other world. Where yes. you actually that the only oh, thing yeah, the, annoying. yeah the, you annoying. literally had to take them out then eat their heart to keep them dead but then the only weapons the only weapons that keep them dead are actually the darkness guns like if you use that the was towards guns, the end right you know no I realize the darkness guns always as soon as you get the darkness guns they're actually the only weapon in other world that can kill them immediately without having to eat any hearts oh okay well yeah see I didn't I didn't know that but but I, I also felt the humans got up far too often for my liking as well. You know, and I noticed that during the helicopter sequence where um, it was hard enough to kind of contend with this constantly hovering helicopter that's just wipe and taking you out. But then you also have a bunch of enemies on the ground and take down one, two, three of them, whatever. And I'm like, all right, time to move on. And then they would get back up and shoot me from the back. And, I, and then the helicopters gave me from the front. And oh, it was such a nightmare scenario. And, and I'm like, why are you guys getting back up? I just emptied a clip in your belly. <laughs> Right, and then <laughs> how many just, it, how many it, bullets it, did you think actually went in the belly, <laughs> dude? I well, according to the auto aim, all of them, and then they they act like they just got the wind knocked out of them, and they get back up like, all right, coach, put me back in, and and then they start shooting you again. I was that was kind of yeah, frustrating. I, and dude, really. dude, the strange thing was is this was actually them trying to put emphasis on the powers because when you use powers in the game, they're pretty much instant deaths. That's the interesting thing, like. If you use the the tendril and you hold it down, you can actually like you know shove it in someone and, and you literally carry them and and toss them and it's it's an instant death basically. The problem is is it does slow I get you that. down. But I just emptied two clips on the motherfucker. I get emphasizing darkness powers, but not by, no. But that's not what I mean. By that's... minimizing two sem like a semi-automatic, you know. I mean, yeah. Just because just because darkness powers are great. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you could empty a clip on somebody and then de- them get back up and then they be- the game taunt you and say ah you should have used your darkness power this guy got back up and now he's seemingly yeah I said it's normal again it's it's just an it's an interesting topic because I said there were so many interesting things about it and so many ambitious ideas and cool things that I can see why back then at least it was considered like uh it was really highly rated back then it's not actually considered that highly rated these days cuz i said if you really go back oof you can you can feel the dated feeling if if i would have played this game mm-hmm. when it first came out i think a lot of its flaws would have been a lot less noticeable or maybe uh, my tolerance for them would have been a lot higher because it do, it does do so many great things. It it you know it has great art style. Um, when the mechanics do click, you they do feel great. When the stars align and and everything that the developers intended for you know for it to work, that you know what they probably had in mind with the gunplay and the powers working at the same time. And when that does click, it it does feel great. It's just far often I felt it it just didn't you know. So at the end of the day, it just felt like lost potential in my eyes. I guess if I could kind of really quickly follow up on the lost potential, another area that I thought the game could have gone into is, let me bring up Shadow Man again. So in Shadow Man, you get to go to kind of like the under 
underworld or however they I, I i don't remember what they call it in that game but when you go to that world then you're shadow man you look different you're using your powers there's different enemies like um like demons and stuff like that similar to how in the darkness when you go into that darkness area but then then shadow man comes back to the real world and then he's no longer shadow man now he's a regular person so the mechanics feel different. The the powers you use in that world are different from when you do when you're just a regular person. And it just feels different, right? So I wish the darkness would have done more with that. Where when you're in the regular world, it feels different. Maybe you depend more on your guns and other mechanics. But then when you're in the darkness world, then you have a different set of powers maybe. And maybe that's not... Uh, truer to the comic books and uh, granted i will admit that i'm not the greatest the uh, the biggest expert in the source material but i just felt they could have done more with the two different worlds it could have been because of the approach they took of trying to make it feel very organic uh when it's based on a very stylized comic book you know if they decided to go a different route to actually go more of a comic book way what they probably could have accomplished in possibly probably a less organic way maybe hell even a less detailed way but it probably would have made uh, the gameplay hit more. And I think that's um that's actually a point of uh, difference between players who've played the first one and second one. I'm not going to go too much in the second one. But the second one, based on the, the stuff you've talked about or the complaints you've had, uh, according to people, are non-existent in the second one because the gameplay is much higher of the focus. It's also higher focus on making you have a lot of powers of the darkness. It's more comic book looking. There are quite a few people who don't like the second one because the first one is so gritty and realistic and tried to be so different but then the second one kind of went more down the alley of i guess you could say bioshock in a way where the mechanics work much much better but it does lose some of that more nuanced Ah, distinct that that is a great example that is a great example yeah the difference between bioshock one and two but uh, you know what i could solve this i have a scientific method to this so i'm gonna put this to to rest right now You've played part two, right? Not all of it, but enough to know the big differences. But, but enough. Okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. So, does it have a run button? It does. Okay, then there you go. Case closed. Part two it is. <laughs> the better game. <laughs> well, I, I would Etched say... in stone I would, right I wouldn't now. Mind, I wouldn't mind returning to this at some point <clears throat> after we've both played the second one. Because I have to say, from when I played the second one, it was quite the different game. Um... I was having them. Um, I felt definitely powerful, which was the difference uh, in, in the first one. So that, that's probably because you could run. <laughs> oh, you're just gonna be like you're gonna be like hammering that over you. He can sprint. He can move faster. So yeah, you'd be amazed how running actually does make you feel more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so, but as I said, I'm I'm glad we we talked about the game. It, it, it was such a funny, such a strange game. It was just because um I got into hey hey, hey. Hmm? hey Joseph Joseph. Would you say that that's a running joke? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, now that's going to sit throughout the podcast. I know that for sure. The running joke is that a game needs to have sprint. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, good right. lord. But, that's it. That's it. Well, quickly, clo- quickly at closing out, the reason, the biggest reason we actually ended up talking about this, funny enough, was, you know, to highlight the fact, not to highlight, but uh, a quick little tidbit is that uh, since I've had the Xbox Series X, I've had the pleasure of being able to uh, download for very, very cheap these, you know, games, I guess you'd say, that are out of time. Uh, that sounded <laughs> weird. Out of time. Pardon me. That are technically like games that are more, you know, in the niche group. They're more classics or cult classics that I never got to experience. And being able to play them for the first time to actually even talk about them like this, I think is a true treat. Because otherwise, 
if I don't think I we would have actually been talking about it or taken any time to do that. But I, I still think it was a very interesting game. There's a lot of people who hope for a third one just because of how it's gone over the years. It took five years before a sequel. So who knows? Maybe we'll come back to this. Maybe we'll talk about the second one or maybe we'll talk about, hey, you know, a third one's getting announced and, and we'll see what we can do there. I just do think it's, it's a, a, a series with a lot of potential. There's a lot of games out there that have a lot of potential in their franchises that are based off of comic books like uh, Darksiders and Battle Chasers. So I'm, I'm glad we actually got to talk about the darkness and, and I guess we'll see if there's going to be part two at some point. Alright, our time has run out. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Modern Retrospect. We will be releasing new episodes every week on a variety of video game topics and game-specific episodes, along with some other surprises. We hope you stay tuned. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else. If you enjoy our ramblings, please feel free to subscribe, rate us, or leave a message through email, social media, or voice so we can hear your feedback on today's topic. If you want more retro hits and modern bits, just hop on back. You have a good one. Bye, everyone. Wrong way, Jackie.